Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And this week we are going to bring you two cases that are inspired by the beautiful T Swifty, as Lo- I like to call her. I love T Swifty. T Swifty's song, You Need to Calm Down. Because these people do need to calm oh, down. Damn, calm down. You need to calm down is putting it mild for what these oh, yeah. people need to do. That's for sure. But T Swift is also pretty strong advocate for equality sure and is. and the song so we yep. thought it was fitting for this week yep i agree because we are doing some hate crimes this week we are we are and uh i'm gonna let you go first and pave the way for me all right so, yeah we're you know. gonna get to it yeah. i am bringing you a case this week straight from nebraska in a little town called fall city in the early 90s. Okay. Falls City. That sounds And fun. so when I say little town, I mean like little town. Like littler than our town. We're talking, I think, like four to 5,000 people. Oh, okay. Very rural. Okay. Oh, that's, rural. It's a horrible word to Very say. Very rural. Rural on a podcast. That's yes. the worst. It, it really is. So the case I'm going to share with you today is the case of Brandon Tina. Are you familiar? Um. So listen, because of my case, I am familiar with the name, but I have never researched the case. So okay. this will be. So this is all, it, I, it'll be newer. It new-ish. will, because like I know of and that horrible things happen, but I don't know the nitty gritty. So all I'm right. just going to be sitting back like everyone else here. Well, that's, I'm bringing learning. you all of the grits today. Okay. That's what I'm bringing you. I usually like a little sausage with mine, but oh, it's fine. If I like butter and salt with mine. <laughs> All the good things for your heart. <laughs> sausage, like me butter, a good and heart salt. attack in a bowl. <laughs> yes, cool. Okay, so I am going to give you a disclaimer on Brandon right off the bat. Okay, because so this is a hate crime case. The reason being is that Brandon was biologically born a female. And part of what unfolds is people basically being unable to handle that Brandon identified as a male. And so I'm going to give you, the reason I'm giving you this disclaimer is because I read so many articles about this case and there's arguments everywhere. And some of them I will say are older articles that I don't want to say maybe didn't understand transgender but there's arguments of whether Brandon was a lesbian or Brandon was diagnosed with a identity crisis a gender identity crisis and was sexually abused and so there's all these arguments as to why the gender confusion and so I am just going to give you that disclaimer that there's different different arguments but from what I've read and my perspective Brandon identified as a male okay and what we know now I mean this was the 90s, you said, right? Yes, so, this was the yeah, 90s. You're going to find all kinds of uneducated things, I would believe, I would so, think. From, I'm, oh, I'm going to bring you so many of I'm these sure. things. But so my in my my take of this is, yes, we have all those arguments, but 
to summarize everything, Brandon identified himself as a male, so I will use him him and and he as pronouns. Absolutely. Um and that's throughout this whole case I will you Definitely. know, refer to Brandon as a male because that is how he lived his life. Yeah. So absolutely. Like I said, there's articles out there arguing, you know, how he got to that point, debates about whether he had a specific gender because there are some things that he kind of refers to, which I'll get into a little bit more. But times that he refers to himself as being a hermaphrodite oh, okay. and having like both sexual characteristics and so like I said I don't know Brandon's unfortunately not here anymore for us to further right conclude that so he is going to be referred to as a male as he went by yeah I think that's appropriate thank so you I just wanted that. to kind of get that out yeah. of the way yes, right away yes. and then I'm gonna tell you so don't add us about it people we're yeah. doing the best <laughs> we can we're trying here okay. well I found so many articles I was like you know I could put this all in I don't know if it's worth the debate on this. Sure. You know, I want to tell his story. Yes. And I want to tell what happened yeah, to him. That's but I what's don't... important here. Not right. Yeah. Not the other mumbo jumbo that people may just want to be stirring the pot about. Exactly. There's a, there is a whole gross soup that's coming up in my case that people try to stir up to. So I'm, I get it, and I agree with yeah. you. Stay the course and tell the story. Yeah, and of, uh, and of you know, he, he, Brandon deserves that. Exactly. The other part of this is that because he is not here, we can only assume why he did this or that, yeah. or, or why certain things. But right, like I said, I I found various articles referring to Brandon as transgender. Uh, Brandon did identify as a male and referred to himself as a male in his life. So that's, that's what, what we're, we're going, going with. with. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to tell you about Brandon. Please do. So Brandon Tina was born on December 12th of 1972 in Lincoln, Nebraska. His mother's name was Joanne Brandon, and he was was biologically born as female. Mm -hmm. So his biological name was Tina Renee Brandon. That was his name at birth. Okay. Correct. Brandon was described as a tomboy I from love, the beginning. I love how he changes his name he to his mom's made it his his mom's last name. Yes, yeah. That's yep. really cool. So he kind of just reversed it. Mm-hmm. I read an article that kind of implied that the media did that and he didn't necessarily, but that was the only one I could find and so everything else referred to him as Brandon. Yeah. Um there's actually a movie about this case as well it's called boys don't cry oh, i don't know yeah. if you've i didn't realize that was this case okay yes if you haven't seen it hillary swank does an amazing job oh, yeah portraying brandon um i think she won an oscar for mm-hmm. it actually I think so too. phenomenal job so that i mean that's okay. about this case as well i feel like that movie really brought this case to light yes yeah, as, as yeah well. and it especially just did for me because I didn't, I wasn't connecting the two. I didn't realize that. Okay, so, yeah. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, I, I didn't watch it for this, but I remember watching it when it came out, and it was just, you know, oh, it's, it's just so horrible. It's impactful. And mm-hmm. it, it really is. But, um, so, yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there, that Boys Don't Cry is about this case. Check it out. It, it's a good, I mean, mm-hmm. it's worth watching. Most definitely. Okay, back to Brandon. So he was, like I said, a tomboy at an early age. His father died in a car accident in Lancaster County eight months before he was born, so he never actually oh, met his dad. okay. 
So Joanne, his mother, raised Brandon and his sister as a single parent for quite a while. Mm -hmm. So I did read this. Um, Joanne named Brandon after their German shepherd dog, which was named Tina Marie. (laughs) I don't know if I would want that to be the way my name was thought you know, of but I whatever don't know either but i love that they possibly named their dog tina marie honey like, if your dog doesn't have several names you're not doing petting pet parenting right no, you know? you're right yeah so i was like oh okay cool one of mine is named maggie lou sometimes she's maggie sue it depends on what mood i'm in <laughs> if i want to call her maggie lou sue i do that is your option as a dog parent That's right but in a weird voice always, because they don't actually get talked to in the normal Charnel voice. <laughs> it is always something weird. So, yeah. Um, okay, so German Brandon Shepherd. was named okay. after the, the German Shepherd, Tina Marie, which, like we said, <laughs> it's a great, great is, shepherd I, name. I love it. Tina Marie, get over here. <laughs> I imagine them saying it just like that, Absolutely. Too. Tina Marie. Tina Marie. Brandon and his older sister lived with their maternal grandmother for a while, um, the impression I get, even though there's not a lot of info, is that life wasn't really easy. Hunky-dory. And, yeah. you know, I don't I'm think... sure it wasn't. I mean, their dad died unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. She's eight months pregnant, you said? Or eight months before. I mean, right. So eight she, months before. So she's oh like, gosh, she just She must have just figured out she was pregnant and oh. already had the sister, no. Brandon's sister, so... Yeah, I, I don't get the um, impression things were easy, yeah. but it does sound like mom reclaimed them when Brandon was three and Tammy was six. Okay. So they spent some time with, with grandma and okay. then mom grandma helped get them, back. get them through crisis then. I All don't, right. again, I don't know the details of mm-hmm. that or what happened, but I do know there was some separation with mom. When mom got the kids back, they resided in Pine Acre Mobile Home Park, and that was in Northeast Lincoln, Nebraska. So Joanne worked as a clerk in women's retail, and then she did receive some death benefits from uh, sure. the girl's father of course. dying. Yep, yep. So as young children, Brandon and Tammy, unfortunately, they were sexually abused by an uncle. Oh. And from what I read, that went on for quite a while. <sighs> it sounds like it was pretty extensive, like hours of abuse. Oh, and my God. Like multiple times a week, so this was pretty okay. severe yes. sexual. I was going to say that is abuse, very severe. Now I'm not sure the details as to whether Uncle was watching them because it I, sounds like they were with him for a lot, a lot yeah, extended probably, periods of time, probably. So unfortunately, Ugh. you know that's a big part of Brandon's history is is that sexual abuse. Of course, yeah, hate that. Thanks a lot, Amber. I know it's such a it's such a sad but Necessary crucial piece. piece. Yes, God, why couldn't we have done a comedy podcast? Make I Monday know. night recordings a lot easier, right? Instead of hitting me Monday with all this, is, Monday's not a good time for this heaviness. <laughs> I tell you. So, as we had mentioned before, Brandon was a tomboy from early childhood, but when adolescence hit after this the sexual abuse had occurred for quite a while, Brandon really started to become more prominent in identifying as a male. As he got closer to adolescence, he was really starting to um, dress more like a, a, yeah. a boy, and he started to become interested in females. Yeah. 
Was the uncle ever caught, prosecuted, or did they just age out of his interest? You know, I don't know. I didn't see anything that he was charged. I know that they did have some counseling for it, but I'm not sure if they ever, like, went after him. Yeah, just curious. This is also, like, I mean, and I could definitely follow up with it, and I mean no disrespect, but this is also a super, super small town. I'm not sure that... They yeah. would have pursued it. For sure. Is even like family pursuing yes. it? Right. That is a good question. So I watched a documentary on this case and there were quite a few girls that talked about dating Brandon, how well he treated them. And Aww. they just spoke so highly of, you know, he knew what girls wanted. And I mean, he Aww. was liked by females. Yeah. He definitely got attention, you know, as being this good looking. He was a small person too. He was about five four, like oh, hundred and twenty okay. pounds. So he was mm-hmm. a smaller guy. And I think that typically attracted younger girls as well. Sure. So we'll get into that a little bit here in a minute. Brandon and his sister, they attended St. Mary's Elementary School in let me see if I can get this right. Pius X High School. And that was in Lincoln. Okay. And that time Brandon was kind of remembered as someone that was socially awkward a little quiet I mean who isn't you know I I hear you Brandon I still am Brandon (laughs) yeah I didn't say this already it was a religious school so you didn't Okay. okay I apologize it was a religious school and so Brandon basically rejected Christianity and protested Mm -hmm. um, one of the priests at the school so he was kind of rebelling because of obviously the views that Christians have on homosexuality. Yes. And so he did not agree with those things and began to rebel at the school, uh, violating the dress code and starting to dress more in a masculine fashion there as well. Okay. And, you know, so I'm sure that that at that time did not go over very well at the school. Yeah. You don't say. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they lost. Not. I'm sure they lost their shit. But going along with that adolescent piece, I also read that Brandon became more uncomfortable as, like I said, because biologically he was born as a female. As adolescence started, those female characteristics started to develop and that started to make him very uncomfortable, you know, developing breasts and, you know. Listen, I didn't identify as a male. It made me uncomfortable as well. (laughs) Yeah, it's a hard time. I mean, your body's changing. You start your period, your boobs grow, they hurt all the time, you have... You cry over no for no reason. Yes. It's hormones, awful. you know, yeah. your body's changing. And then to be questioning your, you know, right, to your not identify and, with the way your body is changing. Yes. That is hard. So there was often attempts like wrapping his breasts in like ace bandage to, to oh. conceal them. Um, under clothing. You just made my nipples shrivel into my body. Uh, this girl would oh. not be having much oh, honey, luck on that. There is not enough ace bandages in the world to so. hide yours. <laughs> good for, good for, for Brandon for right. pulling that off. He yeah. was a tiny man. This girl's not. It's you, not happening. No, you would just, if anything, look like a wrestler or something. <laughs> like, I Linebacker. Like, I don't know. It would like never that, work for you. That dude's chest is Seriously. like... Oh, really muscular (laughs) hit a leg day once in a while bro (laughs) like that's the only thing i i love you dearly but you're not wrapping those bad boys up in an ace bandage nope not happening (laughs) 
But so you get the idea of Brandon, you know, as yeah. he's starting to develop in, you know, those adolescent and the years, things he's trying to do to it conceal was a hard, it. Yes, mm-hmm. it was a hard time for him. Absolutely. Brandon also had a conflicting relationship with his mother. As we mentioned, things weren't always great. And from what I read, his mother really rejected that he identified as a male. Oh, that's and, too bad. And didn't want to accept that and wouldn't accept oh it. Gosh. Ugh, it doesn't have to be that way. That's I know. so sad. And, and you know, from, from what I read, I, I don't feel that she was very kind about that either. I'm sure not. That just so, doesn't surprise me. Brandon actually ends up leaving his house at the age of 16. Mm. And he moved in with a girlfriend that he was seeing at the time. She was an older classmate named Tracy. And so during the first semester of his senior year, there was an army recruiter that visited the high school. And he was actually interested in enlisting in oh, the wow. army. Okay. And so he did attempt to do that. But he tried to enlist as a male. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they would not allow him to enter because, you know, biologically he was a female. Mm -hmm. And so when they, you know, went to look into his information and discovered that he was actually listed as female, they would not allow him to to do so. So many things that I could say, but I'll just for the sake of time, keep my mouth (laughs) shut. And it is. It's amazing to read all this stuff back and you're just like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the things that, that he went through. Well, and hopefully someday, as long as our podcast doesn't get deleted and it stays on air, years from now, people can go back and listen and be like, wow, oh. that was really a reality mm-hmm. in the world. Kind of like we do sometimes in the 1970s cases and 60s. And we talk about. And we always hope things. that those things, I mean. We always hope those things happen through these tragedies that we never want to see happen. Right. But. Yeah, I, I mean, even looking back, it's just the 90s don't seem like that long ago, but some of the stuff, I was appalled. <clears throat> they weren't it. that long ago. They were Amber. not. They were Kay. not. It was our childhood, yes, right? Yes, it it was that long ago. In December of 1990, uh, Brandon had went to a skate park with his friends. And like I said, he was finding breasts and, and really starting to identify as a male and associate to females as as that mm-hmm. as such so he went on a date with a 13 year old and at the time he would have been 18 oh. and and so this yeah this is i'm like that's a little crunchy uh, uh, for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, do, it does does make you feel some sort of way yeah um, so he also met another girl that was 14 by the name of Heather. And so Heather was actually the girl that he started to date on a regular basis. And so they began a relationship. Heather assumed that Brandon was biologically a male. And as we see Brandon come into this role more as a male, it is indicated that he became more confident and that socially awkward kid kind of became this more outgoing, like class count, oh. class clown type of, you know. Oh, great. So okay. I feel yeah. like he was really you know, coming into himself, coming into himself and feeling better about yeah. him as, as a, a male. And so Brandon actually attempted to, attempted to get a place with Heather, but when she was 14, she was 14. I don't know what kind of supervision Heather uh, was getting from home. I Got didn't, it. Uh, but smed, I don't. You smed, you smed. <laughs> this was small town. It, yes, you said yeah. This is small town. 
So, you know, you know, things things happen in small towns. I looked into the town a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, very small, very uh, little resources. And so I'm not trying to label or anything like that, but it doesn't sound like Heather was getting a lot of parental guidance because she was spending a a lot of time with Brandon. Yeah, sounds it sounds like it. However, Brandon's mother highly objected to this relationship. And so she did try to intervene and sabotage this this partnership. Sure. So the problem with that is that Brandon's mom didn't go about this in a like parental role model sort of way. It was okay. more of like kind of Jerry Springer drama sort oh. of of sabotaging. And I really question the intention of the sabotaging. Um in Brandon's eyes it was it was a malicious type of I don't, I don't want to see you happy sort of sabotaging. And, and Brandon's mother said things like, you know, you you lesbians, I'm going to expose you. Like, I, okay, I don't know if it was her own. Madam. <laughs> I don't know if it was her struggle with Brandon's gender identity. Right. Yes. Yeah. And that piece. Now, from Brandon's mother's eyes, she was worried about Brandon being 18 and the girl being 14. 14. Okay. So she was trying to step in and. Intervene okay, for those but reasons. We probably don't need to use the word lesbian as if it is an insult. Right. Like, right. what are you, why are you using that language? Like, you know, yeah. if, that, if that's not really what this is about. So, Brandon's mom starts to harass Heather and her family, basically outing Brandon, so to say, and telling them that oh. he's not really oh. a male. And, you know, oh. so that was her effort of sabotage is to do that. You're right. That is very Jerry Springer-esque. Yeah. Like I said, it wasn't a concerned parent type of thing. It was like, you know, Brandon's really, it's he's not who you think he is. Now, mind you, Brandon wasn't honest to to Heather or right. the family about who he was. Yeah, but, but this is the right, wrong way to go about this. So wrong. <laughs> Brandon would tell Heather that he was born as... A hermaphrodite. So that's where some of this comes oh. into play in that he, his mother chose to raise him as female and couldn't accept that he truly identified, identified as a male. male. Okay. So that's kind of where some of that comes into play. Um, I don't know that that was actually true. I think that was an explanation that he was giving to them at the yeah. time because they're kind of like, well, why is your mom saying all of this? You know? Okay. So that was his explanation. I'm kind of impressed by that. I mean, like, all right, way to take that situation and, you know, try to make it a little less awful. Right. You know. But that was the part to me where I decided, okay, I'm referring to him as a male because he said that his mom refused to acknowledge him as a male. And so it was like, okay, he clearly feels that he, that's who he is. Yep. So... Far be it for us to try to claim anything different. I mean, my gosh. Right. The sabotaging attempts got so bad that Brandon actually ended up filing harassment charges against his own mother. Wow. And taking voicemail recordings to the police because she would not stop calling Brandon, Heather, Heather's family. And, like, so that's what I'm saying. Like, her efforts weren't, like, concerned parents. No, that's extreme. They were very and extreme. definitely harassment. I and this, agree. this created. And he hasn't lived at home since he was sixteen. Exactly. With her, right. That's the part that got and me. And now too. you want to come in and be a mom when he's eighteen, trying to be all worried about his, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 
what he could possibly be charged with or whatever. I don't know. I'm not buying it. And that's where I was like, is this really about concerned parent? Is this your resentment because of you don't approve of of the way he's choosing to live? Yep. You know, I don't, I didn't read that, but that's what I was kind of questioning. Oh, I I agree. So nice try, Joanne. For sure. Like, Joe, we see through you. It's okay for you (laughs) to be, (laughs) to let him go off on on his own at 16, but. You're suddenly all concerned about him at 18. Whatever. Yeah. Step aside. Right. And this this created a lot of uh, resentment yeah, with Brandon. Definitely. Because his mom was doing this. Right. And I, like I said, I don't get the impression that, you know, she was present a lot. Yeah, definitely. I, I didn't read all the details, but I mean, he left home at 16, so mm-hmm. I don't think he was spending a lot of time with her. Now, the relationship with Heather my understanding, because Brandon was not biologically a male. It wasn't of physical, sexual um, nature. nature. Uh And so it was more of like a romanticized kind of fantasy relationship. But like the one I have with Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) Exactly. I get it. Yes. Chris Pratt and I are in the same relationship, committed. Yes. In in here, in my head and heart. We are together. (laughs) Right. And he's married and whatever. Yeah, yeah. um, But in here, we are. Details, details, whatever. But no, so I think that, you know, my understanding from what I read, it wasn't a physical relationship. That makes sense to me. So Heather didn't really have the opportunity to confirm that Brandon wasn't physically and biologically a male. So this kind of went on for a while. I mean, I was going to ask in in a... as delicately as I could. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Yes. <clears throat> now, like I said, in the documentary, Brandon was a ladies man. Yeah. Like he got, the ladies really were fond of him. And so there were a few relationships where the girls talked about that it never actually got physical. Like they kissed, but they never actually had um, sexual contact. Mm-hmm. Contact. Um, there were a few others that kind of touched on the sexual contact being very, let's say, mysterious. Mm-hmm. Um, my understanding is that Brandon did have an apparatus that he would use, but it was like in the dark. Oh, okay. Closed and come off completely. So Brandon was never forthright about biologically being female. Okay. His- and so I don't want to overshare the the details, even though they are in the documentary. Um, I'm telling you this because Brandon, I mean, Brandon was essentially living his own lie. Yeah. Because yeah. he, and I'm not saying that in a negative way. Right. I don't think anybody would have um, accepted him at that time. I agree. Yeah. And that's what he was afraid right. of. So this, these are the choices that he was left with to have to try to live his life yes. as best he could. Yes. Yeah. So there, you know, there was the wrapping the breast. There was... You know, I read that he would put a sock in his pants. And so just, oh, yeah. you know, really trying so hard to live up to this male identity mm-hmm. and, because that's who he felt he was, right. but also Listen, not telling anybody. For all the underdeveloped women out there, like there's women that have put tissues and socks in their bras to try to be more feminine. So oh, for sure. I mean, really, I'm not saying I did that, but I'm just saying I know of some people. A friend of yours. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it wasn't Amber, but it was not me. (laughs) But some friends, some friends I have heard have done that. It just made me, it made me sad to read all of that because it's like, 
this is who he wanted to be. Yeah. And yeah. he couldn't fully tell people right. who he was. And so he just tried so hard to live up to this image. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but he never would tell any of the girls he was dating that he was okay. actually biologically female. female. Okay. So it was always a secret. Yeah. And that's, sorry about the long rant, but that was my my point is that he never fully told anybody. Okay. That makes sense then when you were, you know. I'm glad that you explained it just because the whole situation with Heather, it's like, well, how didn't she how know? How didn't she know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah I think that's why that. they touched on it in the documentary too of like, well, how did all of these people not know? Mm-hmm. And so some of the girls did kind of reflect on that a little bit. Brandon started to get into a little bit of trouble as well. He started to forge checks and oh. most of it at this time was to buy gifts for Heather. Oh, and so for like he, the purest reasons, yes, he's buying his you know girlfriend, girlfriend gifts. gifts. He also started to work a couple jobs and identifying as a male when he would apply for those oh, jobs. Sure. And I mean, what are they going to do? Check his pants? Right, right. I see no problem with that. I mean, with him applying that way, not with employers checking genitalia. Please, thank you for Don't clarifying. Do that. Yes, <laughs> that is not, not okay. what I'm telling you to do. <laughs> So as he's doing this, um, you know, he's telling his employers he's a male. He's telling old friends that he actually got a sex change. Oh, and okay. He's fully male. So he's really, ch- like, fully Just coming like, into this. listen, everybody, leave me the hell alone about it. I'm male. Unfortunately, you know, those things weren't true. Mm-hmm. But he was, I think, assuming the role that he wanted to, to be in. Right. So one of Brandon's best friends, I, it sounds like this was like a long-term friend, although I don't really know how good of a friend she was because it's reported that she ended up confronting Heather, uh, Brandon's girlfriend, mm-hmm. and basically telling her the truth because all of this stuff was, like I said, Brandon's mom's trying to sabotage and say, you know, he's really a female. And so Sarah somehow ends up telling Heather that, Brandon is actually biologically female. Not hermaphrodite. Correct. Okay. And so Heather ends up ending the relationship after that. You know, she's heard all of these things. And and she's 14, and that's a lot. It it is. and Such a young girl to take in. I did read uh, Sarah was also a victim of sexual abuse and... You know, like I said, no Mm. parental guidance. I mean, there was just a lot going on in all of these people's lives. My gracious. But she does end the relationship with Brandon, and that sends Brandon into a a huge downward spiral. Oh. Like I said, I don't know what Sarah's intention was other than maybe she didn't want to see Brandon living a lie. I guess from a friend's perspective who knew Brandon as a female maybe before was like, why are you living this way? Or maybe yeah. not understanding and thinking she was doing Still the right just thing. just not her information to tell. I agree. I feel like, but. I agree. But nonetheless, she does. And so Brandon begins drinking very heavily. Oh, no. He's having suicidal thoughts. Oh. And. He does have a, a suicide attempt at that time. Okay. So he does end up being, he's admitted to a, a crisis center uh, for about a week Okay. after that. So really struggling oh, with that breakup. I know. It's like, that's where Sounds it was like, like. I mean, he's struggling with the breakup and so many other things. I mean, how, just how awful it must be to not have the biological makeup that you identify I with. Know. I can't imagine that confliction and I'm. 
I mean, up until this this point, I mean, it's really just such a miss. I don't want to say misguided individual, but just so many things going on. Number one, extensive sexual abuse. Right. We have somebody that's struggling with their gender identity. Um, you know, not a good relationship with family, not many supports. Right. Feeling alone and basically living a lie, trying to live who he wants to be, but it's essentially a lie to everyone. He's not being, yeah, you know, up, yeah. up front. Which is, is not a healthy way to live it's, either. For him, no. Is it anybody's business how you want to live your life? Eh, you know, maybe if you're entering a sexual relationship, you know, right. I don't know. But um, just so many things that he is dealing with mm-hmm. and struggling with. And then he loses this relationship. Again, that relationship, I, I mean, obviously the age difference is something right. we would not uh, condone for sure. Nonetheless, it meant something to him, and right. he was really struggling when it. Well, ended. and it wasn't a sexual relationship, so I guess to me that is slightly different. It's different. With the age. I mean that that is a that is more about a companionship, yeah, and support that he didn't have growing up, obviously. So that that's why my heart breaks for him over this is just you know knowing it wasn't sexually driven. Yeah, it was companionship. Yeah. And then and that to lose that is And when you probably sad. never had a healthy example of companionship right. on top of the, the sexual abuse by a family member, yeah. you probably exactly. don't have a, a good idea of what healthy companionship mm-hmm. should be at that age. Right. You know. So just so many things going into it. Brandon was also facing twelve counts of forgery because he, he kept forging those checks. Oh, to buy those teddy bears for Heather. To buy the okay. Gifts. And there was also uh, the possibility of the charges of of sexual assault to a minor, um, but I didn't find anything that that was something that was actually that actually came to fruition. Correct. Okay. But I don't know if that was from Brandon's mom threatening to press charges because oh. he was with the minor. But like <laughs> I said, I read it wasn't sexual, so I don't know where the actual facts lie in that. But okay, I'm just giving it all to you. I understand, and I'm sorry if you all just heard me. Yawn. She's bored to I tears. I am not. It's Monday night. <laughs> I'm just like exhausted. But I yawned and then answered during uh, or made a noise like, yeah, I was agreeing with you during a yawn. And it so then it made it very, very obvious that I was yawning. And how, I mean, again, we're low budget here as people. This is what you get. <laughs> this a is yawn. real life. We worked all day. <laughs> exactly. Yep. If you're still with me over I'm, there. I am. I'm, I'm really into this story. It's just apparently I need more air in my diaphragm. So after the hospitalization, the loss of the relationship, Brandon decides he's going to move and kind of have a fresh start. And so that is when he ends up in Falls City, which is where this case takes place. Like I said, super small town. Yeah. But this is where he relocates and decides I'm going to, you know, start over. Get a fresh start. And so he does present as a a male that was born biologically as a male so that's how he's yeah. presenting in this new town Into the new town okay yep so he's continuing with that and at this point telling people he you know he was born completely and biologically male he became friends with people pretty quickly he was a you know outgoing nice guy people liked him ladies liked him say women still flocking to him yeah things were going well one of the friends that he made was lisa lambert and she was a single mom and so she possibly had a little romance with Brandon briefly. I couldn't substantiate that, but 
there was talk that maybe they did. Okay. That didn't obviously last because Lisa had a friend named Lana Tisdell who Brandon began began dating. And Lana was 18 at the time. Mm-hmm. And so the two fell head over heels for oh, each other. Okay. So they begin dating. They make it official. As Brandon begins dating Lana, he also becomes friends with two guys. My understanding is that Lana had dated one of them previously, but they're those kinds of guys that are just like always around. They knew Lana's mom. They're I I don't know. They're just like they have criminal histories. They're like always okay. together, like okay. just like a little rat pack. <sighs> yeah, they're just a little rat pack that's always around. Okay. All right. Well, Brandon does become friends with them, you know, at first. Well, yeah, because so they they're always along. around. What choice does he have? Yeah. So he's at first good friends with these two uh, scrubs, as I'm going to call them. Sure. And I got to show you pictures of them when you see them. All right. Um, we're talking a blonde mullet and uh, the start of a skullet. On okay, the other say one. no more. So, if you get the vibe I'm putting it's, out, that's enough. I'm, I'm, I'm rejecting your vibe, your mullet vibes. IQ's not high, and I'm not saying that uh, in an insulting way. Literally, IQs were proven to be not that, not that high. Okay, with testing that was done, but we'll get to that later. I'm sure we will. Like I said, things were originally going well. He was friends with these these two guys, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. He was dating Lana, but um, but unfortunately, trouble found Brandon again, and in December of 1993, he was arrested again for forging checks. Oh, gosh, Brandon with the Brandon's checks. Brandon's okay. loving him some forgery, All and right. so he gets arrested again. And so unfortunately, this is when things start to unravel in a really tragic way okay. for him. Because like I said, we're talking... Four to five thousand people in this town, and they're not um, open to oh, certainly not in the things in nineteen ninety three. Hell no, no, yeah. So nobody suspected this at all. Oh, uh, nobody he's got sus- himself a good ace bandage going on up in there. He does, and, and if you see, I mean, I'll show you pictures of Brandon. I mean, he presents as a very good-looking male. Sure, yeah. And so nobody suspected anything until right. this arrest happened. Oh, no. And the problem was that that Brandon's booked into the female oh, no. side of the jail. Yeah, shit. And so when he was arrested, he was, you know, identified mm-hmm. as a female yeah. from license or, you know, birth certificate, whatever it was, put in the female side of the jail. And... So that's when word starts to kind of get out. And the documentary I watched, one of the police officers, this pisses me off so much. One of the police officers, John Larson, must have known Lana and her mom and, you know, small town. So I'm sure everybody knows everybody. So he actually went to inform them that Brandon was actually a female. And he wasn't who they thought that he was. You know what? Step on your dick, man. I can't even. I'd like, like to step on it for oh, him. That is not for you to go That's what, and I was say, like, are you what kidding me? What the hell? Like, is, is he even allowed to do that? I, seriously, no? Like, what? So oh, I'm sorry, ma'am, but during a pat-down, I realized your boyfriend wasn't packing. Yeah, so I, so I thought to come I'd personally come drive here and tell you. No. 
So that's how word starts to travel that like, okay, Brandon's not yeah, really when a got, male. When you've got the police officer starting to, is the one spreading the gossip and essentially. he says that himself in the documentary that he went to tell them. Like he actually <sighs> says that. It's not even like he was holding it back. Wow. Did you also provide his social security number as well to them? He probably did. Because I'm, as far as I'm concerned, whatever is in underneath his clothing is just as personal as his social security number. I know. Give me a break. So when I I, when I was listening to that, I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" Okay. Well, so the the police officer himself is the one that kind of started, got the wheels turning. And Lana was really struggling to believe that this was true, and she didn't believe it at first. Like, no way. I get it. Yeah. Um. Again, I know there was sexual contact with. Them, but like mm-hmm. I said, there were, you know, he was discreet about things. And I think that, I don't think, I don't think that they questioned it. Yeah. So he had his ways to, to do things. And clearly they were working for Lana. So what of you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, I mean. I mean, she was happy. Right. So this is, um, so I love, I love the, the name of the store. So Lana's father had given her a check to go get a perm. I love me some perms. I always wanted one. I was never able to get one, and I was so jealous of other girls. (laughs) But um, so Lana's dad gave her this check, a blank check to go get a perm, and so she instead took the the check to uh, Hinky Dinkies. (laughs) It's like a grocery (laughs) store. No. Stop it. Good old Hinky Dinkies. And that's the name of our podcast from now on. (laughs) Isn't that such a good name? Welcome to Hinky Dinkies. (laughs) Hey, I got to run to Hinky Dinkies and grab me some milk. So you think they just were like, I'm going to Dinkies? I hope so. They had to cut it short. I'm going to the old (laughs) Hink Dinks. Let's go. (laughs) Isn't that just the funnest? I love it. I had to include that. Uh, Only in small town America, you guys. Oh, yeah. So she heads to Hinky Dinkies and she writes this check for $250. (laughs) Two hundred and fifty dollars at Hinky Dinkies, so she could bail Brandon out of jail. Oh, good! So thank you, Hinky Dinkies, for for helping us out. So when she goes to to bail Brandon out, obviously she does confirm that he is in the female side of the jail. That's when she when faced with Lana learns Mm -hmm. the truth. Okay. So obviously Lana questions him about what's going on, and from what is indicated. Brandon also told Lana that he was hermaphrodite and uh, pursuing the sex change. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't think that that was true. I found nothing confirming that he was a hermaphrodite. I think that that was maybe his way of explaining who he was. Yeah. And this is his way to save face for seemingly lying to people that he cared about. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like I am pursuing this. Yeah. I am a male which and is I'm probably getting... true in terms of him pursuing the the um, gender reconstruction surgery. Uh, it's just very costly. I Absolutely. Mean, and I don't even know. I mean, pardon my ignorance, but I don't know what that was like back in the 90s. Right. No, and me neither. No clue. We were but... in third grade when this was happening yeah. right now in 93. So there's a little bit of conflict with this. In the movie Boys Don't Cry, they the two continue dating, but apparently there was a, a lawsuit by Lana who denies that that was true. Oh, okay. So I don't know where the truth lies. I don't sure. know if she didn't want to say okay. or admit. I'm not really right. positive. We I won't know, pretend like we know. Yeah. I know that they continue to have some contact, but I don't yeah. know if they continue to date or not. All right. 
Fair enough. So obviously, so Brandon's arrest was posted in the good old local paper and um, under his <laughs> You know, birth, our small town does that oh, stuff yes. too. That's exactly what I thought of. A local radio station gives the obituaries and the arrests. And the arrests. And so same thing. And so under his birth name, you know, he was he was listed under his biological birth name and biological sex in the good old paper. Okay. That people probably picked up at the Hinky Dinky. Of course, they went that went down to Hinky Dinkies and, and got you know, themselves the newspaper. After Slimy Sheriff went out there yeah. and told everybody, I'm sure people were like dying to get this paper. I'm sure. You know, I'm yeah. sure word traveled really fast. Yep. So unfortunately, this is when friends and acquaintances start to they hear the news too. Mm. Everybody is shocked because no one qu- like I said, no one questioned that he was a female at all up until all this happened. And they're like, wait, what? You know? And then they love themselves some juicy gossip. Yeah. And so in the, in the documentary I, I watched, um, Lana talked about her mother really being upset about this and urging Lana that she had to stay away from Brandon, Brandon because, and I quote, unfortunately, them kind of people have AIDS. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. So that was, like that's the that okay, is the mindset. This is where we're at. This is, this where is our we're at. this is our ignorance level. Okay. It, I mean, it, that really does tell you where it does mindsets, yep. IQs, where everything was at, at that absolutely time. That says it all. And in that place, and Lana's mom was super super angry. And like I said, this indicates to me that there was still contact with Brandon, whether they were dating or not. Right. Lana was still in the picture. Yeah, because her mom was upset about it. Because, yeah, La- Lana's mom talks about, like, becoming angry with Brandon and, and basically saying, like, tell me right now what the truth is. Are you a female or are you male? And, like, being aggressive with Brandon and, like, pushing him into a dresser. And, like, my gosh, people, like, why are we so... Ser- seriously, why are we this so concerned? This is where Ta- Taylor Swift comes in. Like, you, yes, you need you, to calm down. Absolutely. Like, so mad about, about this. I get it's your daughter, and yes, Brandon lied, but, like, do we need to get violent no. over this? I don't know. No. I no. don't know. Not at all. In the documentary, she also, Lana's mother, and I'm, I have her name noted in here, but... I apologize. It's not in this part. She doesn't sound like anybody I care to know yeah, anyway. You don't really. So whatever. Yeah. So Meh. she says in in the documentary she was only acting as a concerned mother and wasn't trying to put him down or berate him. Wow, we've heard that Bitch, before. Please. No, you yeah, were absolutely, absolutely were. Tom Nissan and John Lauder, who were the two scrubs that I told you okay, about. So I these think- are mullets. Yes. Mullet one, mullet two. I think I got so wrapped up in telling you about their scrubness that I forgot to tell you their names. You did. So I apologize. Yeah, but it sounds like, again, that we really don't, don't give a shit really what their names are. About their so names. Skullet and Mullet, all right. <laughs> that's their names. We don't even fucking care what their names yes. are. Yes, yes, that's perfect. Okay, Skullet and Mullet. So they, too, become so concerned about the situation. And oh, yes, they really care oh my suddenly what's underneath this man's clothes. And John, I believe, was the one that had previously dated Lana. I don't know if he wasn't over her or what, but they were, is like, he so concerned. John is Skullet. Okay. Tom is, mullet. like, blonde frizzy mullet okay oh god a frizzy mullet that's even worse wait until you see these two 
Um, so they are like, they're, they have to know the truth. Oh, they, yes. you know, it's, it's really their concern. Is he really pretending to be a guy? Is that and, really your skull, sir? Yeah. Ooh. Is it really six inches long? Exactly. Uh, no, the answer is always no to that question, Amber. <laughs> we always, always say no. Yes. No. Do they claim it is? Yes. <laughs> That's how you know it's not. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So good. Okay, so like I said, these two are these two are determined to find out the truth. So what they do is on Christmas Eve of uh, would have been nineteen ninety three, Tom had a party at his house, and let's just picture what that was probably like. Yes, let's. Let's not. I would rather <laughs> some cow not. tipping. I'm not knocking small. We're small town. Like I'm not. Oh, knocking. we are so small town, and that is why we know what a, what, what they're skullet doing. and mullets parties Absolutely. look like. Okay, gathering some in the nineties, especially cow poop. Whatever 100%. you gotta do. Yes. Like we know what's going on here. Yes, in a dirty rundown trailer is where this is going <laughs> down. <laughs> There so, is plastic where the window should be. Uh, oh, with, okay. I, I, I didn't even question that. Like, no. that's absolutely mm. what we're looking at. Yes, and it has 1950s orange shag carpet that's wore down, like, to the plywood floor. I'm picturing just, like, lots of things with rust on them. Yeah, yeah. Just random things. I don't right. know, like rusty <laughs> like tea there's, kettles. There's, and, <laughs> baby, they're not making tea. <laughs> I love how you just fancied that shit up with a tea kettle. Listen to me. I'm so fancy. I can't even think of anything. <laughs> they're, they're tea kettles. and <laughs> Hands down the funniest thing the, you've ever said. Poor, they're worn down wine glasses. <laughs> My God, it's in a NASCAR cup, okay? I like NASCAR. I'm not dogging it. Oh. I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm not insulting anybody, but I am insulting these two because they suck Absolutely. really bad. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. So a little bit of a trigger warning here. Okay. Um, so what they do is they invite Brandon to their party. And this was all pre-planned, I believe, 100%. Of course. Um, Interesting that Scullet and Mullet can think ahead about yeah. something like this. I'd love to see their blueprints right. in crayon. I was just going to say on the back of a With their paper tea plate. kettle holding them down. <laughs> yes. It's on, it's on a, a used paper plate with grease all over it. <laughs> okay. What they end up doing to Brandon is Tom grabs Brandon's arms while, while he's at the party. He grabs his arms and pulls them up and basically is like holding him. Okay. So he so Brandon can't get away. Yeah. And John pulls Brandon's pants down completely to his ankles because they have to I, know oh my the God. truth. So Brandon is basically exposed at this party to everyone and how horrific. From what I've read, they're you know, also they're just so mad and I believe it was John like actually like feel like puts a finger like to confirm that he's Oh that my Brandon god. So now we are sexually assaulting him. Oh, it gets worse. It gets worse. It sounds like Lana was at the party too, and so she only looked when forced to because they were like, you know, making her look to see the truth and in the movie, I Who remember. Who do these people think they are? I know. Again, I mean, everybody's just so enraged by this 
you know, they just can't handle that this, that Brandon identifies as a male. They just cannot handle it because Brandon has lady parts, like oh, oh. the humiliation of it. Oh my gosh. At yes. a party. And I, yeah. And I do remember, I mean, I remember this from Boys Don't Cry, but I, you just, when you're the one, you know, you're telling the story like factually from the real events. Mm-hmm. And so I was unclear of what was true from the movie and what is yeah. part of the story and it's it's, it's very very uh, true and I remember in the movie like I said it's been a long time since I've seen the movie but I remember this part because like they show Brandon it's like this moment of him like outside of his body watching yeah. everything because yeah. like I mean I can't imagine how no. just horrible that was no. and and I'm struggling with the audacity of people being pissed off that he doesn't have a penis exactly what what like what? Why do you freaking care? It's the, and that's what amazes me is that how angry people yeah. and hateful people get. And I mean, obviously this this is why we're doing this week because it, it happens. It is. I know. But it just truly amazes me the level that they go to with this. So not only do they do that, they then take Brandon um in their car, the two of them. Mm-hmm. Take Brandon in the car mm-hmm. and they drive to a, a desolate area by a meat plant meat packing plant. And that is where they sexually assault and gang rape him. They both take turns doing this. And so from what John Lauder claims is that he was too drunk to actually fully perform. And he talks about that in in depth. But I think for legal purposes, too, he was trying to slither his way out of it. But but Brandon was sexually assaulted by both of them. I don't care if he fully penetrated or not. He that was an unwilling uh, act yes. and they're both disgusting. Yep. It was a complete violation of him. So when they returned, they went to, they I love went, how they're so disgusted by him, but still will but sexually yeah. assault him. I uh-huh. just see it being okay. a mindset of like, we'll, we'll show yep, her. Sure. Who, yeah, you exactly. Know, then she'll like men or I don't know. I can't even wrap my brain no. around disgusting things that they probably thought. No. But when they're done assaulting Brandon, they take him back to Neeson's home and they told told him to go take a shower. And so when Brandon is in the shower, he's able to escape from the window okay. of the house. And so he runs away oh. and he goes straight to Lana's house. And he tells Lana what happened. And from what's indicated, Lana encouraged him to, to file a police report on the two of them and uh, takes him to do so. So Brandon ends up doing this despite being threatened. Uh, the two skull and mullet had told them, had told Brandon basically they would silence him permanently if he said anything. So, yeah. but he still does. He goes to file a report. Okay, good. They do a standard rape kit test at the emergency room that was later lost. Huh, and convenient. Just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. And so afterwards, he does go to police to tell them what had happened and so he is questioned about the rape what basically unfolds is just something even more dehumanizing to say the least he found that the the sheriff whose name's charles b lau l-a-u-x not that it matters seemed really interested in uh brandon's sexual identity and really asking a lot of questions about that not Not about the crime that had been committed against him yeah not focusing so much on what had happened but really just asking unnecessary horrible questions and i'm actually going to read you some of this interview 
because this is the part to me, like I, I told you, I was on my bike. I was like cycling last night and I'm just like pumping, going to, t- I was so <laughs> mad. You burned extra calories because of loud. So many. My ass is so tight today out of <laughs> anger. <laughs> I have an angry tight ass today. <laughs> <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, I I want this part to be to be known um, how Brandon was talked to in this by a law interview. enforcement by a law enforcement a professional a sheriff. Unquote. Oh my gosh, a sheriff. Okay, I'm gonna just refer to Charles as C and then uh, Brandon as B. As B. Okay. okay, so we're starting with C. After he pulled your pants down and seen you as a girl, what did he do? Did he fondle you any? B, no. C, he didn't fondle you any, huh? Didn't that kind of amaze you? Doesn't that kind of uh, get your attention somehow that he would have put his hands in your pants and play with you a little bit? What the fuck? This is, he's continuing on. You were half, you were all half-ass drunk. I can't believe that if he pulled your pants down and you're a female that he didn't stick his hand in you or finger, his finger in you. What? B, well, he didn't. C, I can't believe he didn't. What? See, did he did he have a hard on when he got back there or what? B, I don't know. I didn't look. C, you didn't look. Did he take a little time working it up or what? Did you work it up for him? B, no, I didn't. C, you didn't work it up for him. B, no. C, then you think he had it worked up on his own or what? B, I guess so. I don't know. C, you don't know. Did when he got in the back seat and you were already spread out there, back ready for him, waiting on him? <gasps> B. No, I was sitting up when he got back there. C. And you never had sex before? B. No. How old are you? B. 21. And if you're 21, you think you'd have, you'd have trouble getting it in? C. Why do you run around with girls instead of a guy as being you or a girl yourself? B. Why do I do what? C. You run around with girls instead of guys being your girl yourself. B. I haven't the slightest idea. C. You haven't the slightest idea you go around kissing other girls? The girls you that don't know about you? That think you're a guy? Do you kiss them? B. I have a sexual identity crisis. C. A what? B. I have a sexual identity crisis. C. Do you want to explain that? B, I don't even know if I can talk about it. And this proceeds to go on. And this, you can actually hear this record. I was going to replay it, but I didn't know if you could hear it well. But this is all recorded, and you can see it in the documentary. It is fucking disgusting. Um, That man, 100%, was getting off interviewing him, asking him those perverted, unnecessary questions that had nothing to do with obtaining information about the crime. The way that he describes even the rape, it's just so dehumanizing. And I actually read an article on it where they refer to that as her third rape. Because oh, definitely. Or, I'm sorry, as his third rape. Yes. Because it is so just degrading Absolutely. and vile and disgusting the way he's asking those questions. Yes. Those not appropriate whatsoever. I can't that believe. That was seriously like him. I'm sorry. He had a hard on asking those questions. Like that was, that was disgusting. It was horrible. It's, it's even more horrible to watch 
the, oh, re- yeah. the recording or listening to the recording. And I agree. It is basically like him being raped again. That's for sure. He's being made to feel shameful about who he is. Yep. I feel like the rape was even minimized. Like, oh, you're, you know. Well, the, oh, I, I can't believe that he didn't fondle you if he's a guy and he had your yeah. pants down. Like, like what? You, just because that's clearly what you would do. It, it, yeah, it, it was just, it's so disturbing the way oh. the questions were asked. And yeah. So I, I just, I wanted to read that to you because I was astonished. Even in the 90s that that yeah. happened. Sorry. And Mm-mm. what happened to him? Like, no, I know. Please tell me he didn't have a job anymore. I tried to look it up and I didn't see anything on it. Um, I, I don't know. But seriously, Charles Lau, fuck all the way off. Absolutely. So I just don't want that to be forgotten the way that he was talked to. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, just horrible. Just how horrible that must have been right after you were sexually assaulted. I, I can't, I cannot wrap my brain around that. And not only were you sexually assaulted, you have to relive the shaming of someone now questioning your gender again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and trying to explain that when you don't have an explanation yourself. I mean, he called it a, a crisis. Yes. There's even one point, like I said, it goes on and it's, there's even more of it, but. Um, at one point, Brandon's like, what does this have to do with my, my, my assault? Yeah. Like he was. Excellent m- question, Brandon. Nothing. No- nothing. This guy seriously is so disturbing. It made me sick listening to that. He's, like I said. Have we checked? Is he Scullet or Mullet's father? You know, that's a good question. Because, I mean, you said it was a really small town. He's I probably guess. Uncle Daddy he to one of them. <laughs> sorry. sorry, not sorry. Right. Okay. No. <laughs> oh. After all of that horrible um, reporting that Brandon had the courage to go and do, even after being threatened, obviously, uh, Neeson and Lauder, they learned that Brandon had made this report. And so they began looking for him and searching for him because they're scared about what's going to happen. And so in the documentary that I watched, Lana's mother indicated that she had encouraged Brandon to go make this report if he really was assaulted. But she also ends up telling uh, Scullet Scullet and Mullet where he's at. uh, Not not necessarily where he's at, but that if they did anything, that they better hide their evidence. Oh, my God. She goes, and I did say, I did tell them that. And so then they proceeded to, from mom's words, they did have to go clean some things up. And so that's when she knew that they really had hurt Brandon. Uh, I just, I'm not, I feel so many things toward, toward Lana's mother. Yeah. None of them so are good. So many things. Yeah. It's certainly not warm and fuzzy things. So she did give them that heads up. So they kind of like, you right. know, they did their cleanup. The two of them did not end up finding Brandon, you know, at that time. So a couple of days later, the police do bring them into question after Brandon had fi- filed the report. But sure, I'm Lau, surprised they could get any information out of that shitty interview of what really happened. Oh, absolutely. And it gets better because Sheriff Lau decided that they declined to uh, make the arrest at that time when they questioned the two. Oh, thanks for that, Sheriff, Sheriff Lousy. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's really what his name is. Sheriff Laus. Yes. But this is a quote wow. that I found. So the, the arrests were declined because what kind of person was she? The first few times we arrested her, she was putting herself off as a guy. What? 
I hope it's not. I hope it's a false quote. I really do. But that's what I read. So uh, these two uh, are still uh, out free. They're out. Obviously, they were questioned. They were let go. Nothing. Simply because they this they believe this person is lying well, about. She, yeah, she's put herself off as a guy. I don't know. They don't know what happened. Oh, so. Was she really raped? So there's no crime against her. Yeah. Or him. Yeah. Or whatever. Because we're just ignorant. They're like, well, I don't know who she, who she was. Oh, my gosh. This is disgusting. <laughs> Isn't it? It is. And, and like I said, I know that wow. we, you know, I know we were in a different place in the 90s, but the, I didn't. I, I mean, this is just horrible. I can't believe we were in this place. So like, Sheriff Lau basically puts his finger in his anal cavity and is like, oh, you're free to yeah. go. And wiggles it around. Literally. Like, <laughs> literally put it in his anal cavity yeah. and was like, okay, you guys. You're, wow. Here you go. Wow. And so they're set free. Obviously, like I said, they're worried about what's going to happen. They're sweating because they know that this rape test has been done. Obviously, it was lost. But, mm-hmm. like, Brandon's looking to press charges on the two of them. A couple days later, on New, New Year's Eve. I just, the, everything happens on I, the, the holidays. Exactly. Christmas Eve, New Year's Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, yes. Gosh. So Lauder and Neeson, they come to Lana's residence very drunk, very angry, and looking for Brandon. And they threatened the Tis- the Tisdell sisters while they were there. It's also reported that uh, John Ladder had, had said at the time that he felt like killing somebody. So he made yeah. that comment. Okay. But they do end up finding out that Brandon is possibly staying at Lisa Lambert's house, the friend that he had made, mm-hmm. the single mom that I had told you about. So they they head out that way. And I also just, I want to mention too, I feel like it's really sad because I think from all accounts, it was pretty clear that these two morons were looking for Brandon to hurt or murder him. Right, for and no bad call. intentions. Yeah, clearly. I mean, he said... I feel like killing someone. Yeah. Now, later in an interview from prison, he tries to downplay that a lot, that he would just say that all the time, like, when he was frustrated, like, oh, I feel like killing someone. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he does laugh like that, too. I'm sure. Like, I, oh, how else could it be? So. I just felt like, you know, I say it all the time. Like, he really tries to minimize uh-huh. that, but he did make that statement. But I, it just, it kind of upsets me that nobody thought to call out to. Especially since they had already. He, Lisa's house. And I'm sorry, but these two had already been violent to him. Exactly. And now they're looking for him again. What, do you think that he, they want to go say, I'm sorry? Right. No. Yeah, they're not what looking to reconcile the with hell? him. So there was no heads up ever given, and so the two of them head out to Lisa Lambert's house. Um, and this is where Brandon had been hiding out. So also in the house was Philip Devine, who I believe was only 22 at the time. Lisa, I think, was 24. Um, so Philip was a friend of theirs who was also dating, um, Lana's sister, Leslie, and he happened to be staying out at the house, uh, just to keep her company and help out with a few things. So like I said, Lisa was a single mom and she, it sounds like she often helped people out. So she was always letting friends stay over and, you know. All right. One of those. Crash at her place. Yeah. One of those. Had had a little B&B on her couch. Yeah. Yep. So that's bed and breakfast, just not something sexual in case <laughs> people don't know what I meant yeah. by that. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. yeah. So Neeson and Ladder, they kicked the door in at uh, Lisa Lambert's house 
and they find her in bed. And so when they find her, they demand to know where Brandon is. They know he's out there, you know. And so and I'm sorry. She just like oh, I'm sorry, mullet twins. What are you yeah. doing in my house? Exactly at night. She refuses to tell them where they are. Yeah, where Brandon is. I'm sorry. Yep. They proceed to shoot Lisa Lambert. What? They shoot her in the eye. And oh my god! I know through the eye. So they end up killing her. And this is going to break your heart and rip your soul out. They do all of this in front of her eight-month-old oh my God. child. So they kill her, and they then find they find Brandon hiding under the bed. And I- so they pull him out, and they proceed to shoot him point blank as well. Oh, my God. And this, like I said, this is in front of her baby. And I'm sorry, but are, are the mullets stifling brain cells? How do they think they're just going to get get away with it you just walk into someone's house and commit two murders that's and no one's gonna suspect you i know i exactly that was the part for me that like like nobody's gonna suspect you after everything that happened yeah like oh we'll kill him so he doesn't and you were going around town asking where he was exactly that's where i'm saying like not a lot of brain activity going on definitely not unfortunately They also find Philip Divine, and they end up murdering <gasps> him as well. No, mm-hmm. and poor A Philip Ripple murder. Yes, the poor Philip did nothing. No, like, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He had <sighs> nothing to do with anything. He's just trying to help this single mom out. Yeah, and he was dating Lisa's yeah. friend. You know, it was Lana's sister. They were all kind of friends. Yeah. You know. Small town, but yeah, he they also end up murdering Philip. And again, this poor baby for some they didn't harm the baby. They didn't harm the baby. They left the baby. Um, I believe they put the baby back into the crib and before they left or something. Because I think I don't know if the baby was like with Lisa or you know I'm not really sure. But um, all of this happened in front of this poor little baby. So yeah, a triple murder. Because, All because you're mad that someone doesn't have a pee-pee that you thought had yeah. a pee-pee. That is really, at the end of the day, what this is about. You're mad that this person doesn't have a penis that you thought did. And they were so the mad about cares? it that they had to end three, three lives. lives. This is so senseless and so I just, stupid. You know, I'm super happy that I don't understand hate like this. Because I just don't. I don't I either. just don't even, understand why you care. Even about if they were mad things. that Brandon lied. Because, yes, Brandon lied. Okay. Because you guys are freaking, like, he knew in that this, town he would never be accepted. This is why he was lying, yeah. idiots. Also, you can't tell me that Mullet and Scullet hadn't ever lied about something in their life. Like, um, yeah. Come on. It just makes me so sad the reason this happened. He didn't, Brandon didn't do anything to them. He wasn't, I mean, he was just basically friends with them. Yeah. And yeah. they couldn't handle that he wasn't really a man. And this is this is why it happened. A baby lost lost right. his mom. Exactly. Because of this. Because she was letting someone, someone stay didn't her house. have a penis yeah, that they exactly. thought did. That they that yep. And that's and I'm the sorry, gist of it. But when you meet someone and you're like, Oh hey, your name's Brandon. You got a penis? I mean, did you ask him? No. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. Because that's not what you do. 
So why all of a sudden when you found out he didn't have one, did you care so much? Uh Uh-huh. I know. It was just like that consumed them so much. Like they couldn't handle it and they had to sexually assault him. A lot of good people have worn mullets throughout history. They do not deserve them. I am one of them. I know. And I am insulted. I'm just, now I'm mad that they're even having skullet and mullets. I want to show you. Oh, fuck's sake. What kind of Billy Ray Cyrus reject is that? <laughs> I am sorry. What am I looking at? And and take two. Oh. Like, this is who we're, who we're dealing with. My God. This is who couldn't sleep at night because someone lied about their gender. First of all, Scullet looks like he could be a descendant of Voldemort. <laughs> oh, my God. Now that you mention it. He I really do see does. that snake-like yes. facial. Yeah, those two were sent straight from the devil. They, yeah, they were. God did uh, not create them. It's just like what in the meth tucky no. hell? <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I cannot wait for our listeners. And I'm to not see trying those. to judge. I'm not. Oh no, no, I am, I am judging. They murdered three people over someone not having a penis. What I meant to say was I'm not judging like the world in general, but oh, I am judging right. these yeah, two. Yeah, most definitely because they deserve to be judged. I just wanted you to see oh. who we're dealing with. Oh, there isn't a firing neuron between the two of them. <laughs> no. That's for sure. Not even together do they no. have one functional neuron. They do not. <laughs> that is unfortunate shit right there. So the, so the bodies, oh my gosh, and I can't imagine this either. So the next day, uh, Lisa Lambert's mom had come out to the house and she is the one that she said she like went up to the house and she could hear the baby screaming. Oh, oh, the, oh. obviously, you know. Oh. And so she went into the house and she said she had a feeling something wasn't right. Like she couldn't get a hold of Lisa and, you know, went out to check on things and she just had that feeling something yeah. was wrong. So she went in and she said she didn't even look around first. Part of me thinks she probably didn't even want to know you know yeah but she went directly in to get the baby because the baby was screaming so loud and then you know she picked the baby up and then saw lisa's body first her daughter's body so she's the one that discovered the scene and and made the call Mm -hmm. to the police now i was trying to dig into this and if somebody knows please tell us uh but i do not know how long it took for them to find these two, obviously they were suspected immediately. Okay, well, well, and, gee golly, shucks. Yeah, I'm glad I they know. could piece that together so quickly. I don't believe it took them long, and they were arrested at the the same time. But okay. I couldn't find how long it was. I was trying to find that for you guys, and I couldn't. I don't have that piece, but All right, we forgive you. They were found. Yep, yep. We got probably it. they probably didn't even try to leave. No, they were probably at the probably like she won't they won't suspect a thing. Right. Yeah, that's true. They were sitting there eating Cheetos watching daytime <laughs> soap operas. Days of our right. lives. No, they were probably down at Hinky Winkies or whatever that place was called. Hinky Dinkies. Hinky Dinkies. <laughs> Actually Hinky Winkies is probably the adult store in town. Oh yeah. <laughs> You go to Hinky Dinkies and you get your <laughs> tissue and your lotion. That's and then you right. go to, go Hinky, to Hinky Winkies. Winkies. <laughs> yep, and get your material. <laughs> oh my gosh. So when things when they got caught, uh things obviously got a little little hectic between the two of them. And Nisan accused 
ladder of committing the murders. And so in an exchange for <laughs> reduced sentencing, mm, of course, Neeson decides he will throw ladder right yeah. under the bus and testify, testify against, against him. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is why y'all don't want to commit a crime together. I know. Because it's really just about Even though you're BFFs. who's going to crack first. And and so they did see Neeson. That's the one with the golden mullet as oh, the weaker okay. link, the right. coward that would buckle. And so they, mm-hmm. they, I think, went with that approach that if they could get him to testify, they could get the death penalty for uh, Lauder. He does look like the weaker of the two weaklings. Yeah, mm-hmm. that we see right through that mullet. Mm-hmm. You're I not do. hiding anything, yeah. sir. Sorry. And so he does. He he testifies against Lauder. Says he witnessed Lauder pull the trigger on all three. Um, and he is able to avoid the death penalty. Do you think that that's true? Um, I I have a little info on that in a oh, minute. Okay. I'm gonna get to that because of that testimony. Nissan was he was found guilty of one count of of murder in the first degree. Uh, that was for uh, Brandon because they did, con- you know, they were going there to kill they Brandon. Were pl- yes, the intent. Mm-hmm. So they did get him on that one, and then two counts of second degree murder for the other two. He was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole, and then shortly after that uh, trial, John Ladder was found guilty on all three counts of first degree murder. And he did receive the death penalty mm. for mm-hmm. his crime. But is he still alive? Um, he is, from what I can yeah. see, and an interesting twist to this, which is where... What's the point of the death penalty when we never put people to I, death? I know. it's He's been on death row for a long time yeah. now. Yeah. I'm, I'm over it. So a twist to this, though, is that uh, Neeson later retracts his testimony against Lauder and claims that he's the one that pulled the trigger on all three. And Lauder, yeah, I came across that this article, uh, various articles. I was articles. like, well, if I'm going to be in here for life, I might as well be, go down as the, the big I want to get the credit. Yeah. But John Lauder uh, maintains his innocence that he didn't do anything. And there is actually, I kid you not, if you go look, there is a petition to free John Lauder. Skull it? Skull it. No. I, I'm not even joking. No. People feel like he was wrong, wrongfully convicted and he's in... Prison on death row for crimes he didn't commit. And, yep, there um, is a petition out there but people, for him. He was there. I know. That's like, what blows I, my mind. I'm like, sorry. He planned this, yeah. too. He, their intention was to go and kill Brandon. Yes. So, yeah. who, who, regardless who of who pulled the trigger. This petition? I don't know. I actually was going to check to see how many people had signed it, and I um, forgot to do that. But it's out there. Like, uh, probably people sharing it on Facebook that aren't looking into the actual case and realizing, oh, wait, both of these turds were going to kill this man simply because he didn't have a penis when he told them he did. Technically, he never even told them he had a penis. That's what's even worse. The sheriff did. They assumed Uh that he had a penis. Brandon didn't just go around to the town and be like, I've got a penis. Yeah, i got a penis, No, he's just living his life as a male not hurting anyone. Not hurt, exactly. Yep. Because he can. Because it doesn't matter. So that's where, it, when you ask me about the truth, I don't know what the truth is. Because jo- no. uh, Neeson retracted and, and ended up saying, I'm the one that did it. And John Lauder maintains his innocence. So they have both tried to appeal their convictions. 
In wow. 2009, Ladder had tried to appeal, and and because of that, Neeson's new testimony that he had mm-hmm. actually killed them. So right. he tried to appeal at that point. It was rejected by uh, Nebraska Supreme Court. Good. And so... They're like, and I'm sure this whole time his forehead's getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> it's growing, and the hair is receding it's by by the day. The day, I'm sure. Uh, but the the Supreme Court basically stands by, regardless of who pulled the trigger. For you sure. guys both you guys were involved. Were both there murdering three people, and it sounds like John Letters tried to 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 appeal various times. Um, in 2011, he tried again, and uh, they rejected his request for another hearing hopefully soon he's out of appeals um he petitioned the supreme court of the united states for a review of the case the supreme court declined and so in let's see the last one i have was 2018 he was denied a third appeal by the u.s supreme court so he's been trying to appeal like Mm -hmm. various various times i don't know if neeson is just like you know yeah i did it and because i don't see as many for him but John Lauder is, like, really trying yeah, to I'm, maintain his innocence. I mean, yeah, he's trying to get out of that death penalty. Is yeah, what he, for sure. That he's been on since 1994, for crying out loud. Uh-huh. I mean, they're not in a hurry to kill you, man. So I believe I saw it was John that is also engaged in prison as well. <sighs> There's always some dirty woman somewhere that wants to be engaged to a f- criminal. Or dirty man. Yeah, I was Dorothea just got, too. got Dorothea her man got in prison. Yep. Guys, there are so <laughs> many fish in the sea. <laughs> you do not need the skanky ones. Mm. What? What? Don't settle, people. Don't settle. You can do better than a murderer. So, yeah. So that's the story. This is another just interesting uh, tidbit for you. So Joanne Brandon, Brandon's mom. Mom sued Richardson County and Sheriff Lau for failing to prevent Brandon's death, Mm -hmm. as well as being an indirect cause. She won the case, which was heard in September of 1999 in Falls City and was awarded $80,000. District Court Judge Orville Cody reduced the amount by 85% based on the responsibility of Neeson and Lauder and by 1% for Brandon's alleged contributory negligence. This led to a remaining judgment of responsibility against Richardson County and Lau of $17,360.97. Then it says in 2001, Nebraska Supreme Court reversed the reductions of the earlier award, reinstating the full 80000 award for mental suffering, plus $6,223.20 for funeral costs. <sighs> You know, I don't want to say she struggle with that. Same thing. I am not saying that someone didn't I'm, deserve justice for him somewhere absolutely. or the other. I'm not saying that that county didn't deserve to yeah. have the shit suit out yeah, of them. Yeah, absolutely. But his mom, I just that you know, it's hard for me. I'm just gonna say this: I can only go by what I read, so I don't want to assume anything. I mean, we know how stories can get. Far-fetched, but yeah. I, just from what I read, I just don't know that she was supportive, and there's a lot of back and forth as to whether she was or not. Yeah, yeah, I get it. So I'm just kind of like, okay, eh, well, I don't, I don't know. I just don't so know. There, there, that is. 
There's that information. Yeah. There's a... a, (laughs) For however it makes any of us feel. Yeah. So chew chew on that. I feel some sort of way about it. I'm not really sure what that is, but... um, It's itchy. Yeah. But like I said, I don't disagree that that should have happened. It was an absolute preventable death. I can't believe that it unfolded in that way. Yeah, me neither. And we'll get into the legislation that is surrounding his case in my next case. Yeah, yeah. He's brought up, um, his story is brought up in what happens, because my case actually happens in 1998. Gotcha. So it's just a few years A couple years down. Yeah. But his case is brought to light again in it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because of that. Just a little, just addition. In 2013, Brandon's mom told a reporter that she had accepted Brandon for being referred to as as transgender in the media, although she was unhappy with the way uh, the movie Boys Don't Cry portrayed the situation. She did go on to say that the film gave them, being gay and transgender advocates, a platform to voice their opinions, and I'm glad of that. There were a lot of people who didn't understand what it was she was going through. We've come a long way. I don't know. I don't know how. I just don't know sorry, if she's she, genuine. Did she say, did she quote about her son and said she instead of he? Yes. And I also want to add mm-hmm. into, um, this makes me sad for Brandon. So obviously she clearly still in 2000 and whatever you just said, 13. Brandon didn't understand. Yeah, that's exactly. Um, And Brandon's um, tombstone also reads Tina R. Brandon with, you know, birth date and and date of death. And it says daughter, sister, and friend on it. That hurts my heart. Yeah. Seriously? Yep. That I don't know why, but I think that piece upsets me the most. I did. I feel the That's same way. That's supposed to represent his eternal life. And you didn't even embrace. I mean, it was the cause of his death. And you didn't even embrace it then. Yeah. So even in death, mom was not willing. To accept how, how he identified. Correct. So I don't know if later on she truly did accept it or if as time and, you know, movement happened that she was like, yeah, yeah, I accepted it. I got $80,000 and, you know, I I don't want to sound judgy, but I just don't know how I feel about it. That's how, that's all I have for you. And it sucks. I don't like it. It sucks. It's a sad, just such a sad and senseless case. This is why they're called hate crimes. And it's just because it's just truly what it was. There's no other motivation. None. None. Zero. No other motivation besides your absolute, complete, and senseless hatred. For what? For nothing. What was he harming? Nothing. That's why it just amazes me when people get so worked up about something (sighs) that does not affect them in any way. Well, that we're going to see it in my case, too. So, okay. let's just hope we keep moving forward. I, I agree. Please tell me that we can move forward right now with a brain bath. Yes, we can. I have a great brain bath for you. A short little ditty, but okay. I think you're going to like it. Just a little ditty? Just a little ditty. Okay. Part of what pulls me in is the titles. Always. They're I just so delicious. I think my last one, I actually cold read to you because I just read the title and was like, that's it right there. Yep. We've got to. This is why I want to write these for a living. I know. I think I'd be good at it. 
So the title of this one is Man Caught Driving Stolen SUV on the Way to Bailout Brother Also Arrested for Stealing SUV. (laughs) (laughs) So... Imagine being the mom getting that like, phone call. God, she's like, damn it, you kids are killing me. Um, I was on my way to bail out James from that stolen SUV incident, but now I'm arrested for stealing an SUV to go get him out of jail. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Not a proud parent moment. No, I'd say not. It says. Also, maybe they need to be checking their parents' registrations. L- a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> So the article reads, this crime runs in, in the family. A Kansas man was busted for driving a stolen Chevy SUV to a local jail to bail out his brother, who was being held for driving a stolen Chevy SUV, according <laughs> to authorities. <laughs> the sibling already in the pokey, Eric Dean McCracken, 36. McCracken? Yes. McCracken's Isn't in the pokey. Great? Oh, my God. In the pokey. That's the how they ex- describe it. I love it. it. He had had been arrested in Topeka earlier Friday for allegedly driving a stolen 2007 uh, trailblazer with a suspended license. A few hours later, his younger brother, Keith Ray McCracken, 32, was also arrested after a short chase with the cops, tracking the GPS of a stolen 2015 Silverado, the department says. It is believed that the younger McCracken was en route to the Jackson County Jail to post bail on his older brother in a stolen vehicle. (laughs) I've got an idea. I'm going to go go get little brother McCracken out of the pokey with this stolen vehicle. Do you want to see the McCrackens? Of course I want to see the McCracken. So here's here's the first McCracken. This is Keith Ray. We'll have to post these for the for our people. Oh, he looks like he was stuck between two bookends for too long. <laughs> he looks <laughs> He looks like he's like, What? <laughs> I stole a car, okay? Oh my god. And this is Eric Dean. Oh, yep, they are related. Yep. The yep. McCrackens. Bros before hoes. <laughs> he's like, I'm getting my bro I'm out. I'm getting my bro out. And I'll steal a vehicle to go get him out. My when- favorite is the first McCracken didn't even have a driver's license <laughs> and he had the audacity to steal a vehicle. I know. Oh, I want to get a fish now and just name it McCracken. I know. Just so I have something. To honor these two? Yes. <laughs> the McCrackens. Isn't that so good? Oh, Wow. Thanks for that. You are so welcome. I appreciate that. Runs in the family. Yep. The McCrackens. I'll never forget them. It's in that strong McCracken jeans. (laughs) (laughs) Stolen vehicles is what we do. Yep. Okay. Wow. Well, follow us on social media so you can see pictures of Mullet, Skullet, and the McCracken brothers. (laughs) That's going to be a good one. Like, this is going to, at this post... Wow, it's going to be rich. It's going to be a lot for people to take in. Yes, they're going to be like, what happened sure. in this episode? <laughs> uh, definitely. And uh, yeah, just I <laughs> I am so blown away by everything you've shown me tonight. It's I don't a even lot know. to take in. I don't <laughs> even know how to end our podcast. I'm still laughing about the McCrackens, <laughs> to be too. honest with you. <laughs> Their faces. I'm just picturing the one brother driving to the jail in a stolen vehicle 
To like, save his brother like, that just stole a vehicle. Yeah, this is a great idea. I just love it. I love it. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So, um, hey, if you're feeling so inclined and you want more of us, because why wouldn't you <laughs> yeah, after like, this? Like, how could you say no now? Right. Uh, feel free to join our Patreon. We have different yes. levels. Three, five, and ten dollars a month. It gives you extra stuff. It helps us for research purposes. It helps us buy books and pay for all of the stuff that comes with podcasting. And uh, yeah, keep it curious, guys. Not so curious that not you cracking curious, not cracking curious, <laughs> so but reasonably curious. right. Just real reasonably curious. Keep listening, and uh, we will. T- we're going to talk to you next time, yeah. and hopefully we'll be more composed than we are right now. Yes. But keep McCracken, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>